1: Bob, I hope you're ready for another episode. Jumping ahead, a couple of weeks ahead of the Replant Summit and moving on into the fall. College football has started. Temperatures have dropped from 97 to 93 here in Florida. (laughs) And I am excited to see what God has for us as we move forward into the fall. Jimbo, I actually
2: contemplated wearing a jacket when walking the dogs a couple of days ago because it felt like 55. And I knew you would probably be in your Alaska coat.
1: Yeah, it, probably it, so. Yeah. So
2: but yeah, I mean, I uh I'm I love the fall and I love the fall because, you get know, out your flannels, your boots. Uh, it's just an exciting time. And one other thing we've got a chance to look forward to this month is the battle of the boot. Yes. Continues. And I believe the score is three to one in favor of the Tagas. It is good times. Um,
1: Yeah, Battle of the Boot is September 23rd, not too far from now. I'm actually, you know, my sister flew down last year to watch the game with me. And so I've decided this year I'm going to fly up. You and I will be in Nashville together at Journey Church, replant Middle Tennessee. If you're in the area, just Google replant Middle Tennessee and you'll see that Bob and I and Clifton and Halleck, We'll be together at Journey Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. Up there, I think the what is it like the fifteenth, sixteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, yeah, yeah. And so I, instead of flying home, I'm just going to go spend a week in Arkansas with my family and uh, watch the game with them before heading back. And and excited, I'll be, I'll bring the boot for a visit to the Natural State, Arkansas.
2: That's awesome. So I'll well, I get to see this actual boot. You yeah, to, I'll, yeah, I'll have it see. with me in Nashville. So you'll have to get like a whole nother suitcase, uh, especially for the boot, probably, right?
1: <laughs> we'll, well, we'll have a, I need to get like a real, like, I need to get one of the, like, with a foam cut out and everything, like a Pelican case. <laughs> like, that would be, that would be the best. Like, I need to take it to like a professional shoe shiner and get it shined. And uh, I might do that and like, get, like, go shine this thing up for me real quick and then make a Pelican case for it.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll uh, shine up the hog hat, Jimbo, and I'll get that ready because if the hogs prevail and beat the tigers... I will have the opportunity to bring the Hog Hat with me to an event that we're having in uh, Oklahoma yes. uh, area. So we'll be in Tulsa and Oklahoma City coming up at the first part of October. So I'm hoping that I will see you in the Hog Hat and people will not see me in the pajama top.
1: <laughs> well, we'll just have to wait and see. Pay attention, listeners. And, hey, I think we're adding video now a little bit uh, here and there to our podcast. So we might even do it on the podcast and have a little bit of video of that. Yeah. Of... <laughs>
2: Um, That'd be great. I think uh, I did wear the buchama top in an entire podcast with Kyle Bierman. You did. And uh, I think we have a picture of
1: that on our archives somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. Man, speaking of fall and things being new and changing, you got some things going on in your world, don't you, Bob? Yeah,
2: speaking of Tennessee, Jimbo, uh, I'm not just visiting Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, in the the middle of September, Jimbo. I have announced uh, to the Replant team and also to the world on social media, that uh, I am going to be joining uh, the company called 313 as the vice president of operations. And I'll be joining them full-time at the end of uh, September, first part of October. And 313 is a company that helps churches utilize underutilized space, education space, for co-working coffee shops. And then uh, Jimbo, something I'm pretty excited about is they're creating coffee trailers out of Airstream trailers. yeah. And we're dropping those on church lawns where they have green space and, and it's a walkable neighborhood. And so that is with Surefire Coffee. And so I'm, I'm joining them. It's, it's been bittersweet uh, yeah. for me to, to wrestle through this decision and think about it, but we just sense the Lord's leadership in it and I couldn't be happier Uh, to have served with the replant team for almost nine years in in a lot of different ways and different roles. We've seen a ton of things yesterday or ton of things over the last couple of years. And uh, you've been part of that. We brought you on, we brought some others on. So I just sense that this was a good, uh, time for me to write the last sentence of the last chapter of the season of my leadership for Replant. And I'm really excited that I'll I'll get to go serve churches still through this uh, organization, this company, 313. And in fact, I think in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Brennan Mobley, the the founder, president, CEO, entrepreneur uh, behind 313 on to talk about what they do and what what we will do and what what I'm going to be a part of.
1: Yeah, next week he'll be he'll be on the podcast. Yeah, I mean bittersweet, definitely. It's been a roller coaster of emotions for me, and the only like saving grace for me to keep me from falling apart is that we have the boot camp, and every week we're gonna, <laughs> we're, gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this together. So yeah, it forces you to talk to me at least once a week. Yeah. Hey, this is
2: you know, I'm, exo- I'm most excited to talk to you because we laugh and yeah. we have a lot of fun. So I'm grateful that, that the relationship will still be there. I'll still be involved in in renewal work, helping churches renew through a different way in terms of, you know, creating economic engines. And honestly, over the last couple of years, I think we've even talked about on the boot camp. And that's something I've become for focused on and interested in and passionate about is how do we help churches remain viable? Yeah. Uh, so too many, too many yeah. of them are losing their facilities or selling their facilities or just holding up in their facilities and not really engaging the community. And so I'm super pumped to be part of a, a company that is helping churches thrive and reach their community. So the, the quick goal that, you know, you'll hear this from Brennan, but he wants to have a, in the next 10 years, 100 locations that are reaching over 500,000 people on a weekly basis Yeah, to help them come in contact with a faith community and hear the gospel.
1: Yeah man, I'm excited for you. I am sad for me and the replant team, but you have laid a great foundation for us to just keep running. And, you know, we've got some new members coming on the team, uh, some contractors. We'll be bringing them onto the podcast, uh, you know, trickling them in here and there to, so you can hear what they're doing. But man, that sounds like that was a pretty weighty decision. Probably didn't come across that decision very easily. You know, you mentioned it, you really wrestled with that for some time. You know, we'll talk more about this decision you made, I'm sure next week. And as we go and hear updates from you, I'm excited about that. But I think for the benefit of our listeners, this is a good opportunity for us to talk to them about how do you weigh out big decisions? Like So as, as big things come, and it doesn't always have to be a transition. I mean, there's all sorts of big decisions that you could have to make from the lead chair of being the a pastor of a replant or revitalization. There's a heaviness and a weightiness to decisions. And You know, my least favorite kind, like I had to do this a little bit the other day, you know, with uh, some of the meetings, you know, you had to head back and I was leading some of the team meeting time and all of a sudden we realized there's a hurricane coming And. (laughs) And, you know, and and then you're forcing this, like, do we adjust our schedule or not adjust? That's, that's my least favorite kind of decision-making. I would rather make like super weighty decisions than things like, you know, do we adjust for the weather? But there's some pretty heavy things that come down the pipe when you're leading. And so talk to us a little bit about how you came to this decision and how we can learn from that as we weigh big decisions as leaders.
2: Yeah. I think first of all, there's, you know, before we jump into some of the thought process here, um, there's some decisions that are easy to say no to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're just outside of of who you are. They're outside of the will, will of God. They're against scripture, those sorts of things. And so, you know, there, there's a lot of things that we can say no to every day. Like Brussels sprouts, Jimbo, I can regularly <laughs> say no to them incredibly quick, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's just super easy. You moving to Alaska, um, you could yeah. probably say no to pretty quick, Very right? Cool. Very quick. So there's there's some things that that don't even register for us. It's just a quick no. But then there's some things that cause us to go, wait a second, here I need to I need to lean in a little bit more. And so for me, over the last couple of months, this was one of those decisions that I just said, you know what, I think I need to start listening a, a little bit more and leaning in a little bit more and processing this because it was a decision that was easy for me to say no to a couple of times because you know Brendan Brendan and I we were talking he was making me ask and I was like, no, you know, I think I want to move to Texas. My kids are there. Then, you know, some things happen where my oldest daughter now is moving to Oklahoma and my son lives in Amarillo. And so they're, you know, the reason for us to move to Texas would be to clo- be close to grandkids and our older kids. And Olivia's not, you know, the youngest, she's not figured out where she's going to plant her life yet. So it was easy to say no, but then that started changing. And then as I was working in and on structure and strategy for the replant team, my heart began to change and some things began to change. So as he approached me again, it was something that I needed to lean into. So the first thing we have to do and the first thing we do is pray, right? Mm-hmm. You, you got to pray about it. Um, I want to say this. It's the first thing, but it's not the last thing. Can can I just say that that way? Yeah, that's like, good. Have you, you met? Uh, have you met somebody who every decision is they're just going to pray about it? Well, we need to pray, right? And I 100% agree. But you know that by saying that, it's almost like a pocket veto, right? Mm-hmm. That's all mm-hmm. they're going to do. They're yeah. just going to pray yeah. and have this kind of nebulous spiritual experience and not really do much else about it.
1: Yeah, that's uh, I, that's such a good distinction to make that we don't. Uh, this is not like pray for a minute and then you're done. Now you now you weigh out the pros and cons on your own and figure it out. Like I think as you pray, you're I think of James one fifteen right where it says, "Now if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, which is prayer, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly." and it will be given to him. And so what you're asking for in a big decision is wisdom. You need mm-hmm. wisdom. You're you're going, Lord, I need you. I need your Holy Spirit. I need, just help me know the wise way forward here. What's the, you know, in a decision like the one that you've made, it's, it's not between a good and a bad. It's between both two good decisions. Do you continue yeah. on the replant team? Do you transition to this other opportunity and role? Uh, and so it's not like there's a clear, like, Oh, this was the bad one. This was the good one, Uh, and that makes it even harder to make the right decision. And so, you really need the Holy Spirit to communicate to you as you pray. But I think so. So we pray. It's not the first. It's it's the first, but not the last. I think that's really good. Mm -hmm. We ask for wisdom, and then part of that is we can actually go after and pursue wisdom in God's word, right? And so we can we can spend time in God's word can help us decide what to do.
2: Yeah, Jimbo. When I was first following Jesus as a middle schooler and a high schooler, I used to do the uh, Bible roulette thing where you would just, you know, <laughs> spin the pages and then fall down on something and then hope that would, you know, speak to you. And so then you read
1: that verse in the Psalms where it says like, throw babies against the wall or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, the,
2: the Yeah. The um, youth pastors that I would sit under would say something like, you know, that they would talk against Bible roulette and say, you know, cause you could spin the Bible and, Land on a page and Judas hanged himself and then <laughs> flipped again and then said, You go and do likewise, right? So there's this, you know, <laughs> there's this idea of oh, this is not the way to go. But I, I think, you know, regular intake of scripture over a prolonged period of time. And then I, I think yeah. there's a couple of questions to ask. One is Has God given an example in scripture that speaks to the decision that you're weighing, whatever that decision is, right? Is He giving you some kind of example? That, yeah. that you yeah. see in scripture through the lives of others. Now we recognize that I'm not David to borrow Matt Chandler's or you're not David to borrow Matt Chandler's, yeah. you know, phrase. We're not the Bible characters, but we might find ourselves in similar situations. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, similar to what you said about prayer is the first thing you do but not the last thing you do. Yes. Can you in an emergency run to God's word, even if you haven't read it in a long time and it could illuminate some things for you? Yes. That is certainly true. it'll be a lot easier, I think, to see and utilize how God's word informs if you are already in a regular practice Mm -hmm. of seeking wisdom in God's word. So this is a really good reason to just continuously be in God's word, to abide in it, to to dwell, yeah. to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as it says in Colossians 3. And, you know, Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. I remember the first time I heard somebody preach about that and they said, it's, it's a lamp for your feet and a light on the path, but it doesn't show you the whole destination. You know, it, it shows you a few of the next steps and you don't know what's going to happen. You know, even with your move to 313 and in Nashville, you don't know what it's going to look like in a year. From now, yeah. um, two years from now, but you're trusting yeah. the Lord as He's led you and guided you here, because we know that all Scripture. Second Timothy three sixteen seventeen All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. And so, prayer. I think what I love about these first two that you've listed here on how you've come to this decision and how we can come to big decisions is they're they're God-centered. Like we mm-hmm. start with understanding and humility that we need wisdom from God and we need wisdom from His Word. So what what's next? So we pray, um, we continue to pray, we abide in God's Word, let it dwell in us richly. But what else?
2: Yeah, I think the other thing is give yourself time, right? If it's a big decision, Jimbo, you you probably need to give yourself some time and more time than if you were eating at the Cheesecake Factory and just trying to turn the pages of their <laughs> menu, right? Yeah, I, awesome. I haven't eaten at the Cheesecake Factory in I can't years, Jimbo. It's probably yeah. been like nine or ten years, yeah, or more. But I'm told, and if I remember correctly, the menu is really big. Yeah, and, it's a novel. So, I mean, it's yeah. So I mean, but you know, give yourself time. Not every decision ha- has to be made right then and there. It's yeah. not immediate, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, do you feel the pressure that oftentimes some of us are more decisive and we want to make a decision quickly? Others of us uh, maybe who've grown, grown uh, through some experiences realize, Hey, I think I need to give myself time. You can also give yourself too much time and be ind- indecisive. I'm not talking about being indecisive, but appropriately sit with the decision. And I think the key is I'm continually taking a step and evaluating a decision. I'm not just waiting for some kind of outward sign, you know, something kind of in the clouds, so to speak, I'm still disciplined in my action and pursuing prayer and, and scripture reading. And then also some of the further steps that I'm talking about here. Um, and maybe give yourself time would, would also indicate not only do I I need to pray and read the scripture, but I need to do the other things that we're going to talk about here in a second as part of an overall process. And some of these take time.
1: Proverbs 14:29 says, a patient person shows great understanding but a quick tempered one promotes foolishness. It is hard sometimes to sit on a decision and just mm. just take some time, sit on it, be patient, wait to hear from the Lord and make sure you're hearing from the Lord. One of the things I always pray in decision making is Lord, give me the discernment to know the difference between your voice and mine and mm, others
2: Yeah.
1: Um, like I want to know, like, how do I know if this is just my voice or others' voices, or how do I know, like, give me discernment, God, to know that it's yours, mm-hmm. um, that this is what you're saying. And then when I hear that, give me courage to do what it is that you've called me to do. And so that's one of the things I pray for myself when I'm trying to make a decision, and I pray over others when I and they ask me for prayer in their decision-making. And that takes time. I mean, he doesn't always – he doesn't always – either he doesn't always answer you immediately or we don't always hear it and understand it immediately. One of the Mm -hmm. two. Right. Yeah. So, all right. So what else? So prayer, spend time in the word, give yourself some time. What else?
2: Yeah. I want to, one that I think, uh, I think about Nehemiah and you need to walk around the issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need to walk around and see it from a variety of different perspectives in particular. Here's some that matter. Those who are making the decision. Okay. That's you. Right. And maybe a group of leaders. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. what's your perspective? Well, we need to decide this, right? And this is important. All right. Okay. Next, you need to think about those who are going to be impacted by the decision. All right. What is it like to sit on the other side of the table in a different seat and be the recipient of the consequences or the joys or the new whatever as a result of this decision, right? How is this going to impact people? And I wish that more people did this on a regular basis. And, And I think it's hard. This is a... This is one of those things that leaders can get in the leader's chair and they can never walk across and sit on the other side of the leader's table, or they can never go out of the leader's office and walk around in the people's, you know, that'll be impacted by the decision. So I think you've got to, you got to do that. And then think about this. What are the context? What are the consequences of the decision in the immediate future, like in the short term? Yep. Yep. And then also in the long term, because we, we often make a decision based on the immediate pressures and we discount the future implications of that. Yeah. And so I, I think that's what I mean by walking around the issue, different perspective, yours, those who will be impacted by different perspective from time frame, immediate and context of into the future.
1: Yeah, we gotta look at this from different perspectives and not just, you know, I, I've heard Bob Bumgarner say and Rick Wheeler say, perspective adds 50 IQ points like just getting a little bit of perspective and understanding, all right, let me look at it from this angle. Let me look at it from this angle is a very wise way to approach it. And, you know, I think speaking of wisdom, one of the things we've got to do is we've got to seek wise counsel, right? We've got to, we got to ask, we got to go to some other people that help us that can help us with some outside perspective and, you know, Proverbs 11, 14, without guidance, a people will fall, Uh, but many counselors, with many counselors, there is deliverance. Proverbs 19, 20, listen to advice and accept discipline, and you will be wise later in life. Mm -hmm. None of us is as smart as all of us, and we need people to speak into things that we're doing. We never outgrow this either. I mean, at no point in your life do you outgrow the need for outside wise counsel.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, as I was weighing this decision, I reached out to several of my mentors and peers, people who I believe have made good decisions over the, the long course of their life and know me and love me and and would love me enough to tell me the truth about mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And and so I got some really good feedback, which really helped. And then the next thing, Jimbo, that I did after doing all of these kinds of things, I just kind of let that marinate. Yeah. Just soaked in it all and didn't feel like I had to make the decision. Right away, I knew it was coming, but I tried to sit with everything that people were, you know, speaking in or what God was doing in my life and all of those sorts of things and just let it kind of season me Mm -hmm. and help help me be led to a decision that I felt like was the right one for us. And then the last step is one that a lot of people never get to. Surprisingly, you have to decide. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You have to decide. So I've, I've never been more shocked and surprised when people will go all throughout a process like this of trying to arrive at a decision. And then something comes up and they just delay the decision or they decide not to decide. Yeah. And deciding not to decide is making a decision. And it is. Yeah. Churches do that a lot. They, they don't want to experience the conflict or the the challenge. And so here, here's what I would say. Your decision if you are if you are being led by all of these things that we've talked to previously and they're pointing in one direction, and then you short circuit that decision by choosing not to decide or choosing differently because it's hard or difficult, mm-hmm. um, man, that an unfortunate waste of time and and really kind of you, you've gone through this process and and it makes me sad when I see people who don't decide because it's going to be hard and yeah. it change is hard, Jimbo. Yeah. Everybody and change is challenging. And those of us who sit in the leader's chair, uh, oftentimes as pastors, we we know that if we're going to change something at the church that some people are going to like it, some people ain't. And we're going to hear about it. Right. And we still shouldn't delay our decision just because some people are going to be upset or because it's going to be difficult.
1: Yeah. And that's where I mean, I think at this point, if you I mean, you've been spending time in prayer, you have been letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly you've been patient you've sat some time you've walked around it look at different perspectives you've gained perspective from wise counsel you've you've kind of let it marinate you've sat when that i think about psalm 46:10 cease striving or stop your fighting and know that i am god exhausted like just for like as it starts to feel super, super weighty and like this decision impacts everything in the world, just remind yourself like it doesn't. Like God is way bigger than all of this and you've sought his counsel, you've sought his wisdom, you've gotten counsel from others as as he has made it clear and has been affirmed by wise counsel. Trust in the Lord, you mm-hmm. know, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't rely on your own understanding. And I would add to that in your anxieties and in all your ways, just know that God's gonna make the path straight. And there's a reason he didn't show you the destination. And he's just showing you the next steps and you just got to trust him to, for each of those steps to take. And you got to make the decision. And that's where, you know, you pray for discernment, you pray for wisdom, and then you pray for courage and boldness to just take the step that he's asked you to take and know that it's not all up to you, and that he's leading and guiding that. And, and there will always be a lot of unknowns on, mm-hmm. on the other side of any big decision, whether you decide or not, there's a lot of unknowns. And that yeah. can be that's really scary for us as human beings. And, and we just have to remind ourselves that there's nothing unknown to him. And we just, we trust him as he leads us. You know, I'd say, I, you know, one of the things I'd encourage our listeners is, you know, we will, I'm sure, be bringing Bob back to the replant team events as an adjunct periodically. But, you know, there's a few opportunities for you to jump into one of his last speaking opportunities is officially on the team. Not far after this goes out, we'll be in Birmingham for the Revive event with Richard Blackaby and Clifton and Frank Lewis and Joe Kreider and all the guys we've had on the podcast to talk about that. And then we'll be in Nashville together for Replant Middle Tennessee. And then in Oklahoma, the beginning of October, I think October 2nd and 3rd, October 2nd in Tulsa, October 3rd in Oklahoma City. And that's kind of your farewell tour now. And and so so, uh, if you're a listener, uh, I'd encourage you to come be a a part of those. And I think all of those are free, too. So come be a part of one of those events and come say hey to Bob and wish him well as he continues to serve churches through 313. And next week, we'll have uh, your new boss on from 313.
2: I'm excited. We get we'll get to tell the story about how he tried to drown me. So <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, but you're also continuing on the boot camp. So fear not, listener, you're not losing Bob Bickford on the on the podcast. I'm super thankful
2: for that. And um I'm super thankful for Mark Clifton, our replant team, Jimbo, for you. And there's going to be no bigger cheerleader for the replant team in the coming season than me. And I'm so, so excited about what's ahead. And I can't wait to for everybody to hear about all those things. And, and I'm just, I know that the, the impact is going to just continue to build and it's going to be
0: even better. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and